<laughs> Keep it down up there. Okay. Oh, you know what I have? I totally forgot about this. I should have brought my book. I didn't think about it. I might have books. You can you guys can have them if you want. I've been trying to get rid of them so bad. Okay. I think I got the first one delivered when it, when it came out. Mine was the first one that you delivered. You might have been the very, very I think I got first mine before you got yours. I think you did. Because I got when you buy uh uh you buy the author copies uh they they don't do normal amazon delivery which could be in like a day and uh so i got my author copies and they take like three weeks <laughs> to come and uh you got yours to normal amazon delivery and it was like yeah. the next day like, yeah. what the heck yeah i got mine pretty quick all right well let's go through this and <clears throat> i'm hoping that this is is um something that becomes kind of fun and more of a conversation. And please interrupt as it go along. Uh, one of the things that we uh, had been talking about over there, well, I'm just gonna go through some slides and it's gonna be kind of a review. And uh, if since it's not a review for, for you guys, we can spend as much time as, you know, as we want. One of the things that we had talked about was just how things can be fascinating versus frustrating. And there's really no difference in the thing itself between being fascinating and being frustrating. And if you do a simple thing like doing this, how fascinating posture, it can make anything that's frustrating, fascinating. Because it, it's the same stuff. And there's this guy named Benjamin Zander, and he's a orchestra, orchestra conductor. And he teaches kids to, to play instruments. And so he'll they'll make a mistake and they'll flinch and kind of close up and he, he has him do that. He has him go, how fascinating. And so one of the things that, that I have to do with my kids and they never listen to me or even with um, in workshops or, or people that I, I've coached in the past is to try to remember how fascinating and just when something bothers you or something bothers me stuck in traffic, how fascinating. It's, it's just a fun tool. To make it something you can learn from rather than something to be angry at. Yeah. See the negative. In. And, and it's not, it's just kind of helps you unlock it a little bit because we get so, we get so uh, wrapped into what something is. I'm attached to this meaning. This is obviously bad. Yeah. Traffic when I'm, I, I can't be here. I want to be there. So this is bad. And so, oh, tighten up. The body gets tight, flinching. I, there's these guys honking and yelling at each other on the way here. And they're just, they're going to beat each other up physically because somebody got in front of them. And then they didn't go anywhere. So it wasn't like yeah. <laughs> an incredible, you know, yeah, taking of ground that they, they made. Yeah. Uh, so I can say, how fascinating. Everything could be fascinating. What a, what a fun thing. And I think that fascination is, is actually one of the... Uh, one of the attributes of, of God that's the most how fascinating that my clicker is the word. <laughs> how fascinating. It's working on this side. I see a little it's testing you already, right? So it's fascinating. That's so fa I like it in a German accent. How fascinating. A little Eckhart Tolle there. I know. That's good. Can you say it? Fascinating. Oh, is that German? Yeah. Okay. 
I like it better in English, English with the German accent, if I can make a request. Thanks. Absolutely. <laughs> you just want to understand us. <laughs> All right, it's not going forward. Oh, there we go. It was. Oh, okay, we're back in business. So uh, our work, another thing that we went through is our work is not results necessarily. It's intention. And one of the thing, things that we talked about was it, the the results that we have in life really don't have any control. And there's many layers of this, so many layers of this. There's a spiritual layer of nothing's real. Like this is all uh, just these ideas and thoughts that I place meaning on. And even a person, the person that we are is, is really just habitual thoughts and habits and um, and memories that are spinning, recirculating, and that is the person. And so without the identification of these feelings and desires and thoughts that are spinning, then the person doesn't exist, which is so fascinating. Whoa, that blows me away. And so if I were to lead instead of with results, like I need this reaction to this person to come to this end. I need today, this little workshop, uh, I need it to have uh, a result of, I don't know, uh, I need someone to introduce me to Oprah or whatever I can make up that that would be the result. Or I need someone just to say thank you, or I need someone to show up at all, right? If I have a result that I need, what happens is I end up, uh, I end up missing the the moments where I'm at because it propels me into the future and in the past and it and it takes me out of just the graciousness of where I'm at. So instead of being results led, trying to manipulate all my engagement with people and trying to manipulate things to be something different than it is, I can be intention based and I can let the results go. And then when I do that, it it really opens up just about anything and, and I think it opens up the Holy Spirit to come in and, and do work do work with, with me and through me and in me. Does that make sense? Do you want to add anything to that with based on what we gone yeah. through? I mean, the more you use your inner, like you're talking about the in intention, I call it like intuition too. Mm -hmm. The more you focus on that and you listen to that inner voice, I think the more the the, the Holy Spirit will challenge you and, and bring things to you because you're opening yourself up to that you're making yourself a, a tool in essence for that to come through you yeah and that's kind of how like when i get ideas and stuff like that i just try to i try to listen to what's happening inside my head instead of trying to just put my own force on things and things flow a lot easier when i just let things come through me yeah you know and don't think about it too much right that open conduit it's it's a uh, krishna's flute you ever heard of krishna uh, Krishna from uh, the Bhagavad Gita Hindu scripture. One of the things that one of the visuals they get is to be be Krishna's flute, and the thing that makes it a flute playing beautiful music is it's hollow. There's no obstruction in it, and so the the breath of God flows through this thing and out of it with no obstruction at all. Like my plans that are you know the things that you say are obstacles comes to beautiful music. The only the only downside of that is uh, all the holes that get to be drilled in it. It's very painful. <laughs> Stop. But in the end, it's beautiful, right? I don't want you to drill a hole in me. I want that to be open. It's like, well, 
is my plan better than God's plan? And how do I know what God's plan is? It's the thing that's happening. I kind of didn't let you simmer on that. I gave you the answer right away, but that's the crazy thing. <laughs> what, how do I know what's supposed to be happening? It's the thing that's happening. It's, it's like easy. A, it's like a choose your own adventure, right? You can it's totally life. that way, right? Because I could be uh I could be completely resistant and have a adventure that I meet nothing but resistance. And resistance and attack and defense, they're all the same thing. Because we think that if I defend myself or or even I'm just gonna be closed off. Uh you go into a new place and you're kind of closed off and, you know, even maybe your body posture is closed off or, or maybe just your, your demeanor is closed off. You don't want to talk to people. You're not, you're not open, friendly. Hello, how are you? It's good to see you. I, you know, I love your awesome goatee. Where are you from? Oh, Germany, right? It's, it's like open and inviting and people tend to be open and inviting, but when you're not open and inviting, when you're too cool, like, you know, Orange County community of individuals here, in, in Orange County. <laughs> God bless all of us in Orange Newport County. Beach specifically. Yeah, that's it. Newport Beach, Hillington Beach, it's your fault, your oh, people. Hillington Beach people. Like, look at this guy. He's way too cool. He's living so far from the beach right now. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for me clarifying. That's yeah. true. That's, that's good. I guess you're a little bit of a good person. But <laughs> we have, we when, we when we're too cool, uh, as uh, like our culture might say, or maybe that's, um, from the 80s someone would say that it's it's a it's a pulling back or a protection and when i protect myself the other person doesn't get that you're protecting they see attack it feels like an attack and then what they do when it feels like if someone feels like they're going to attack me they they attack back or def or defend themselves again and then it looks like oh my gosh that person does look mean or uninviting or like they're going to harm me it was good that I put up my defenses. It wasn't too open. And it just kind of spins out of control. I mean, that's for sure the case of marriages. Are you married? Yes, of course. Yeah, is your is your wife here? No, no. In Germany? Yes. Wow. Somebody right. has to take care of the kids. That's good. I mean, that is true. Long distance. You guys are brave. He's just on a vacation right now. Kind of. I thought you were on the road for 15 years. No. It was the first time I was couch surfing with him or couch surfing in general. Oh, the first time was way back then. Yeah, you've okay. been home many times. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, this is a conversation that needs to go much deeper, yeah, really faster. going on there? Yeah. Uh, so all the while, we choose our own adventure, like Brian said, that, and we ended up, we end up having this experience that isn't reality, which we're going to go into a little bit, but it is our experience. So can we have something that isn't real, but yet is our experience? Yes, it's just like a dream that, that we would have. That's for sure a real experience. So like sweating, you know, you can have like sexual dreams and they'd be super real and your body does everything it's supposed to do. You could do violent dreams and it's super real and your body, you know, you're sweating and, and uh, uh, freaking out and you wake up and, you know, you, you can have wonderfully happy dreams and you wake up and you're like, oh. How do I get back there? All those things can be really real experience, but is it real, real with capital R? And the choice and the first step in the choice is forgiveness, which we'll get into in just a sec, is really the key to get to the real. And what is forgiveness, but letting go of all our ideas. 
and resistance and protection are all just ideas that I'm going to get what I want, which is committed to a result. So can I give, can I let go of that result and be present where I'm at and just be led by my intention, which all it needs to be is, man, I just want to do good. I want to love God. I want to love people. I don't know, like a pure intention that you get kind of resonates, you resonate with. And then you just do the next thing and you keep on letting go and you keep on letting go of the results and being open and kind of floating through, floating through life. Yeah. So it's, it's very, uh, kind of the be here now kind of idea. Don't, don't be focusing only on what's going to happen. You're looking at the future, right? You're, you're focusing on just what's happening now, living in the moment. So yeah, if your intention is, I'm just going to be part of what's happening now. Yeah. Not worry about what's going to happen. The results. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of a Zen mindfulness kind of way of looking at it. Just You could use it different ways too. So for example, if you use it to get what you want, it it's a little bit better, I think. You know, people can certainly use this stuff to get what they want, but it's still a commitment to a result. And it's a, I think it's a more peaceful way. It's kind of you can float towards what you want. But you could also use the model, like the Zen model of be here right now and let go of the rest and find God and find ultimate truth, which is not in the world at all. And I think... I was just talking to my friend today about this and I I don't think it's even possible to desire to not have to have the thing beyond our world. It's not even from us. It's it's got to be from spirit. It's got to be from the Holy Spirit. It's got to be from God that just to even have the desire, which, you know, what a gift if that's the case. And I see people walking around all the time and it seems like they're just like drones, you know, doing the same thing that they hate. Uh, or at least the same thing that they, they don't prefer and they don't have a lot of joy, me included, by the way, do all kinds of stuff I don't like and get caught in things that, you know, I look back, I'm like, wow, how long, would, how long do I have to do this? Or how long have I been doing this? You know, and just different things and scarcity, you know, working to try to have enough money for what, how much is enough, mm-hmm. you know, or I don't know, all these things that I do all in the world if i'm a body the body needs to be taken care of and the body can be harmed the body can be rejected the body can be separate but if i'm not a body well that opens up a whole new world really that's out of this world literally oh dang Oh, I think I need to be clicked on it to make it work. I gotcha. So the mind. So here's here's the 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 uh, mantra that I've been walking around for three months now doing, and it goes like this: the mind thinks. So the mind thinks, the ego steals, the body feels. Have you been doing this at all? Um, no, I just I heard you talk about it. So okay. It's the ego steals, the ego as you got out. Yeah, that's right. That's ego. So forgiveness happens. Then witness watches. I flow, I glow, I know, I love. There's a lot of words right there. Maybe I'll work on being more simple, but I am, God is. 
So here's how this works. The mind, we oftentimes we think that our thoughts are our thoughts. I think they're from me. Where else would these thoughts come from unless they were from me? That begs the question, who is me? If I think that I am Javon, then, or if you think that you are Fabian, Fabian? Yeah. All right. Then instantly what happens is you live in a dangerous world because this Javon needs a body. He's like very attached to the body and he could certainly run out of money, these dollars that could buy things or do things that can keep people from harming him, you know, like shelter, weather, people, all kinds of stuff. Uh, and so this mind of mine that's given me all these thoughts, I think, well, that of course is me as well in my body. But what if the thoughts that you had are not from you? What if you have these thoughts come and you have these feelings from your body and it's the ego that steals them and it claims them as its own? And it's this con this construct construction that happens from really your God-given power of creation. We, we, we have remain in the likeness of God. And one of the things that God does is God makes stuff. And in the likeness, not in its purity, but we can do the same thing. And one of the things that we've done, which is very interesting, is created this thing called ego, which is this identity in, in what is not, right? In in separation it's this identity that's not god and it's not you it's me it's separate and so the ego in order to survive what it does is it is it steals so every time you have a thought every time you have a feeling so your, your mind is thinking thinking thoughts thinking thoughts i should be ending this sooner my kids are sick right now uh, i think my wife would like me to, to go home and uh, take put the kids to bed uh, I think I would like to get a burrito afterwards here because I'm kind of tired. I hope I don't forget missing uh, locking the, the bathroom doors. Hmm. I think everybody's kind of bored. I wonder if I if the thoughts come streaming, 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 streaming. And I think that's me. I need to pay attention to them. They're, it's given. I mean, who else am I going to trust? But what happens when your thoughts say you're worthless, or what you're doing doesn't matter, or you can't really give up all results. You, you have to keep some of those results. And no one's really going to notice if you, you do that thing that's really not gracious. Your intention was to love the other, but no one's really going to notice if you just take that. And if you don't take care of yourself, you're going to die. And then who could you love after that? And so we end up tricking ourselves by thinking all these thoughts are us and are truthful. And we end up tricking ourselves with thinking that these feelings that I have are me too. I have this feeling of uh, desire, you know, like there's all of our sexual desires that come up out of nowhere or, or uh, lusts of every kind. Like um, I had a friend of mine that did really good at something that I do. And I had this desire of, uh, uh, of, uh, what's that called? I was jealous. I was jealous of his success. And I, and I kind of thought, I hope that, I hope his deal falls through, hope crashes <laughs> because he, I didn't get it. I don't want him to get it. And then I'm thinking, oh, and so then I felt like the heavy heart of being such a horrible person of having that feeling and, and wanting to smash my competitor. We, we talk about that. There's a German word for it. It's schadenfreude. Yeah. It's delighting in others' misfortune. <laughs> Yeah, our uh, society runs so much. Out of Freud. Freud. 
that uh, it's, it's actually entered the English lexicon. I've heard it in different interesting conversations. More what's like Misgunst is also a German word for this. Okay, well, I haven't heard that in our conversation. That, uh, Do you speak yeah. German? I I learned it in school and was an exchange student. And, Okay. Save the family and stuff. Is that part of the reason why you opened up the Couchsurfing from Germany or just happenstance that? Kind of just happenstance, although I don't know if German Couchsurfers see that I can do German badly and they, they don't. Maybe I'll stay with this guy. Yeah. But, because I can't speak English, so definitely the host that speaks German. No, you speak great English. He, so. he does bad English and, or bad German and you do bad English. Yeah. He does great English. That's beautiful. You guys are meant for each other. Yeah, you comedy routine. And yeah, comedy. Yeah, that does sound like a good topic. Who's on first? What's on second? And <laughs> <laughs> miskunst. What was that? Miskunst is the second word for this. It's if you want somebody to fail. What's it? Miskunst. Miskunst? Yeah, it means that you want somebody to fail. Oh, yeah. We have lots of words, and it's really common in German society. <laughs> To have lots of words with different nuances. Yeah. Yeah. English is uh, often lacking of words sometimes for the right one. But uh, regardless. I think it's so big in American culture. I think American culture is more that people cheer up for each other. They do what? We're, we're rooting for each other. Oh, they cheer for each other. Yeah. I, don't, uh, I, don't, I don't know, man. I guess it depends. I think part of it too is kind of when somebody else like if you're doing the same business I am like the say you start at the same time whatever industry that we're in if you start doing better than me and I start feeling like I'm getting left behind yeah now right? so I feel like oh man he's gonna be off in this other world and take off and leave me behind you know and I feel alone and I feel sad and I don't want him to do so well where he leaves me behind yeah you know like you said it's about I'd rather just have him you know some of these deals fall through or whatever, so that we could still be friends on even terms, you know, kind of a thing. I think that's part of it too. That's kind of some of the ways that I've felt, you know, in the past about certain things. But oh yeah. But I think about that if I'm being successful and the person next to me isn't having the same success, I'll try to include them, you know, in that. You know, maybe, you know, hey, let's go grab dinner or something. It's on me or whatever. You know, just trying to do something to try to I'll help sure. ease those because I know how it feels to have that on the other side so try to ease that burden on their side you know yeah oh there's also the, I mean, that's a great way to, to deal with it and just do the reverse you know invite the person who maybe feels that way or the one that you used to feel that way into your success like you're saying or if i don't want to give i give anyway you know well then i found when i do that then they start inviting me when they're having success they uh -huh. invite me into that nice. so i don't feel like such you know garbage when there's a key <laughs> so they're inviting me into that too so yeah it kind of creates a camaraderie maybe yeah for sure that's engaging in that the other another way to do it and the point of this is to realize that neither one of it is real so it's not you don't necessarily have to change it like for me to give when I feel stingy is to engage in that so that I can feel good about giving and being generous, for example. Or I could also realize that that thought of I'm not going to have enough is from the mind. It's it's a thought and it's not my thought. It is from the thinker. There's, there is a thinker. There's actually one mind and it's God's mind. And all of these supposedly separate entities and separate thinkers are all part of the mind this is of course a very deep uh, 
topic. <laughs> it's very esoteric. Mm -hmm. However, the point of it is, if if you consider it, if you choose to consider such a crazy thought as there is only one thinker and it's not you, is that the thoughts that you think are not yours. And so we don't necessarily even have to judge them. We don't have to change them. We don't have to fix them. We can just notice them and be like, wow, that's crazy. Holy moly. And then you just move on. Mm -hmm. Choose to not act on it. Just let it be. Yeah, just let it be. And And my definition of forgiveness is letting go. What are we letting go? We're not letting go. We're not, we're not saying, oh, that bad thing is good. Because that's just a thought on a thought. We're letting go of the thought altogether. It's like, wow, look at that thought. My feeling, my, my, uh, this feeling of jealousy, which is tied up with the thought of what it's supposed to give me or what I'm supposed to have, or this feeling of anger, right? Someone honking at me in my car. <laughs> you get this feeling. It's, I can get hot. Someone yells at me. I'm in a kind of a sales job. I'm in finance and people, uh, people get crazy on me for, you know, seemingly silly reasons in my opinion. And, and then if they yell at me, I can feel just the inside of my body heating up. Like I'm being attacked physically. Like, Whoa, what is going on? And then it, you know, my dad voice comes out at the, at a minimum. Listen, Mr. Broker, what I told you, you know, I don't know if you're, heard the dad voice before i use it on my five and seven year olds sometimes i pull it out on my brokers <laughs> that feeling isn't me either even though it feels like me and then i can even feel bad that i you know someone would be like oh i listened to your facebook message at the beginning of them calling me a broker you know it's like it's so good that you talk about god and then they do something and then they say something and then i say something and they're mad at me and then they'll be like i thought you i had this one guy say i thought you were supposed to be this this guy who loved god I guess you're a liar. He said something like that because <laughs> I wasn't giving him what he wanted. Ego going on there. Uh, yeah, it was. But it hooked me though. That's the thing. It hooked me. I'm like, oh, he got me. And he so he gets your pain body. Yeah. And so then I'm thinking, well, whenever I, whenever I interact with this guy, I'm gonna, I'm going to uh, take off like some of the subject lines. I have this thing called a, a title on my email. It says conscious advisor, and conscious, conscious of what? I'm just conscious of a reality who i am i'm not a personality uh, i'm really an expression of god my true nature is eternal an eternal being having a human experience it puts things in perspective for me and it's really a reminder for me but then i think with this guy calling me out about me being an asshole <laughs> not giving him what he wants i'm thinking well i'm not going to put that in my email was to edit it just for him, you know, and I start having these thoughts about start judging you because you got these different. Topics. Yeah, that's right. I'm like, oh, it's gonna would be different with that guy. Crazy thoughts, right? Absolute crazy. And so, what do I do with all that? Well, my suggestion, if you want to take on this this exercise, and I, it's been really helpful for me, is just to notice it and move on. The mind thinks, the body feels. Neither one of them are you. The ego steals. The ego is the thing that you call you and that says those are you. That's the ego. And the ego's done you. So you don't even have to feel bad about think, feeling bad about identifying those thoughts. You can let that go too. Just notice it. And then the more you notice it, which is all noticing and letting it go, which is forgiveness, then the more you can engage in that next step, which is stepping into that eternal, eternal role, stepping into that thing that is not a body. It's, it's engaging in a part of you 
that that is just as much of you as the thing that you think is you, your personality, the thing that you think, oh, this is Jack. Well, person, this is the Jack personality, but there is a you that's more you than Jack. It's that you that was you before Jack was around. And it's the you that's still going to be you after the Jack disappears. Mm -hmm. That you is available right now. It's not just a, it's not just when I die. It's right now. How do I tap into that? It's through watching. I think it's through watching. Well, there's lots of ways. But watching, I think, is the easiest way. So simple. You just watch. You just watch. And then I like to kind of narrate the things that I think about. Oh, now you said something that they're, you're going to lose them. You know, now that, you know, it's going to be a horrible event for everybody. And nobody's ever going to want to listen to anything you do again. And you're pretty much worthless. You're a horrible writer. I'm talking to myself, by the way, not you. <laughs> or whatever it is, right? I'm, you know, I'm going to be late. I need to hurry, you know, and I'm kind of narrating the things, you know, that the mind thinks, the body feels anxious, but I, then I'll, I'll go into this but I know I love, or even I'll skip that other line. Cause those are more like experientially what it feels like to be the, the watcher is I flow. I glow. I know I love it's that's a, my experience of being the watcher and re, and releasing the mind, releasing the ego, releasing the body and all of its bondage from having to be those things. And then just being, I am the witness watches. I watch, I watch, I watch, I watch, I watch. You can be the uh, the uh, spiritual voyeur. It's a good book. Book title: Spiritual Sounds Voyeur. Sexy. Yeah, so it's supposed to be naughty a little bit. It's hot. <laughs> I, what, what do you think about that idea? I like it. Uh, my mom and I have talked about how, as she's gotten older, she realizes that because she would notice her grandmother, the wise old one, that would sit and watch all the younger kids and, and adults or whatever and they're running around and they're talking and they're chasing after whatever and they're and the old person would sit and watch this kind of with a mis mischievous kind of just smile on their face like just kind of watching them and thinking yeah that was me at one time and as you get older and closer to the end of your experience here on, on earth you realize all of that running around and all that silliness is really from just for, it's a game it's a, it's, a, it's you know it's it's not the reality the reality is you sit and you watch and you just, you identify, you know what they're going through, you realize, and you kind of just say, yeah, it's, that's all silliness. That's all yeah. distraction. And so as she's gotten older and now as I'm getting older, I kind of feel that same way of more and more I'm becoming the, the I, uh, I hate to say wise, right? You know, I don't want to say I'm, I'm that much more intelligent, but I'm becoming that watcher in that way. And I watch the younger kids running around because I'm still doing events the way I always have. Yeah. But less and less do I need to partake in all that and be part of the excitement and, and be the most witty person and the funniest person and the center of attention and the yeah. more and more I'm happy with just kind of sitting back and kind of learning from everyone else's silliness and, and saying, yeah, I remember when all that used to be important and right. it's less and less important to be that. It's more just just to be there, to be present in the in the now. Again, kind of coming back to that. Just that's There's less to be accomplished. Enough. Yeah, less that to old, prove. Yeah, that old guy has nothing to prove. Mm -hmm. He has e nothing he's trying to accomplish. Ego doesn't need to be fed the way it used to. Yeah, I just am now, and it's and it's it is amusing the way 
my great grandmother and then my grandmother would sit and kind of watch and, and yeah i get where they were at it's just right you know, it's, a, it's a more it's a more peaceful way of being now you, you have less to prove less to stress over yeah and my mind says well when i accomplish enough then i can want for nothing <laughs> then i am wanting for nothing another way to say that then i could be content mm -hmm. and is that the, the next question then is is that true or if it's true or not where did that thought from, come from whose thought is it and it's not mine what do i need to do about it I, mean, I could just let it go and if i do let that thought, thought go because i spend a bunch of time working on my job like even today it's just still like how do i how do i do my job differently than i do it right now as far as like time wise I don't really know. Uh, I, I certainly carve time, carve time out for things like this, and yet I'm still in a body, and I still work hard for this future thing. And so I'm obviously not all the way there, but the reality is, I I could be want I could want nothing right now. This could be enough right now. It's exactly what I have. Could right. Forgiveness. So we were talking about this, just, I mentioned this just before, three steps to forgiveness. Identify, let go, and then you re replace the space. So the first step of forgiveness is, is identify. So it's anything that you feel bad, which that's the beautiful thing about this whole world and the, the way that it's set up is the thing that you require is coming to you. And the, the way that you know it's your lesson or the thing that's for you is it feels bad. You don't like it. The things that suck, the things that bother you, the things that make you fearful, the things that make you frustrated, those are your catalyst. And your catalyst, like that's the whole part of the book, right? The catalyst is that thing that creates that uh, opportunity for a change, a change, a change agent. And what's the change do for us? Well, it helps us to, uh, to choose really to let it go. Uh, it could be at a lower earth duality level of uh, service to others or service to self, which is what the whole book was about, about uh, the choice. Or it also could be at a higher level, non-dual level of uh, letting go of ideas altogether and realize that nothing has meaning unless I put it on it. And those that are not my thoughts and this is not my feelings and that ego is not me. What's left? Nothing's left. But in that space, if I were to let it go, which is number two, what happens? It's this space that's created, and that's where healing happens. That's that's the part that I have to be willing for God to circumvent and and uh, and save me. Even though there's really no one to be saved, but my experience is, I'm I'm, I'm on that branch, not hanging there, and you know the voice help god you know and the voice of god says let go <laughs> let go let god yeah and the challenge with that is that let, let go let god if it's a bumper sticker and it's like in the new age movement for example is if you do then you're going to get what you want which is another trap because who wants it and what do you really want <laughs> you want more suffering or do you want more yeah. money or because it's all relative right you know what's kind of close to your head these different ideas and things like that they change from minute to minute from second to second so it's like 
I know for me personally, I mean, I'll have a thought here and then make, I'll be really you know excited about that. Then maybe two minutes later, I have a thought over here and I'll change my excitement from that thought to where I'm at here. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of, you know, that kind of sucks. But then what did I really want in the first place? Yeah. I want more suffering because that's what I'm getting. Yeah. I was, wasn't happy with the happiness. I needed to have more suffering. So I came back to that. Yeah. You know, we desire, we all desire the same thing, which is happiness, fulfillment, peace. We all desire that. But it's a promise that the ego says, search for it. I'll tell you how to get there. But the ego has to keep you searching and not finding. The ego's mantra is seek, but do not find. That's what the ego says. That's what the ego gets us to do. And the reason is we have to keep that pursuit, that wheel turning of looking for uh what we want out there because if we stopped looking we would realize we are that which we seek we think i'm a thought i think i'm a feeling i think i'm the the circles of it spinning which is the ego and if all that goes away we are what we seek because all there is is god that's what everything is and, and our idea of separation is in the mind of god the world is not out there the world is in the mind so here's a mind bender. When you're sleeping and you have a vivid dream and you see things, where do you see things? It's not with your eyes, they're closed. Where are you seeing it? That's a real question. I'm a little bit of participation. Uh, in, your, uh, in your own universe. In your own universe, that's right, which is where? In, in your mind. In your mind, that's right. Now the real mind bender is when you open your eyes, you are still not seen with your eyes. You're mm -hmm. still seen with the mind. That's why, you know, the, all these sci-fis are coming out where you put the wires up to the head and, you know, you're in a different dimension all of a sudden. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of questions on that now that we have the artificial intelligence kind of, or uh, the meta universe kind of thing. Yes. And yeah, what is reality? How real can we make it? You know, for us, if this was a simulation, how could we know the difference? Yeah, really how could you? That's right. Mm -hmm. So if that's the same, and if it's all in the mind, then all these things are, are happening in the mind. Another thing comes up. And all, what I really, my job ends up being is releasing the distractions because the reason we don't experience God if we are made of God's stuff is because we've covered up with sparkly little vibrating distractions that we can't stop looking at. That's we were talking about the other day at lunch. We are talking about the distractions of the media and all these other things that come in front of you to keep you, you know, on one thing or the other rather where you're probably should be focused. These things are just coming up. Yeah to take you in different directions, different yeah. places and controversial directions. Which that brings up the whole thing. Once you start to get a little bit of information or even like that, you're like, oh my gosh, I should be doing something else. Which <laughs> is a thought. <laughs> Whose thought is that? It's not yours. <laughs> it is. It's the thought. It's a thought from all, you know, this little microcosm that, that the ego grabs. So that's you. You're right. You should be doing better. You should be doing something different. You should be more handsome. You should be skinnier. You should be richer. You should be, blah, 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 you know, 
and it's it goes into the churning and in the mantra of the seek but do not find work but do not arrive love but do not be fulfilled i mean all of these things and so what if we were there what if this was it what if there's no more what if you could be content right now with exactly this it's possible I'm saying it's possible for you guys. I'm saying it's possible for me. Mm -hmm. And it's really, have you ever read The Course in Miracles? I'm doing it right now. I've got the audio. Yeah. Thing, so oh yeah. my gosh. You should get this book. This is in there and all the other. Get this book. Blow your mind. I'm, I'm, it's like changing my world right now. It's called The Disappearance of the Universe. Okay. I'll text it to you. Okay. You ever read The Course in Miracles? I this is a book about that. It's Girl like, left it at my house one time, a couch surfer, and uh, I leafed through it. It it didn't grab me the way everyone talks about it. I, I don't know. It well, is it's a, a teaching text. Very book. challenging book to read. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a slow, slow read. <laughs> it's involved, man. Yeah. So here, the the whole gist of the Course in Miracles, if I can uh, horribly summarize it for you, is that the uh, there is a miracle to happen. And the miracle is when you see you see the nothingness that everything is. And you realize that your offender is innocent. And the reason that your offender, the people who are really bad by our judgments, like everybody say, yes, they are bad. When you can see them as innocent because they never did anything, because it's all part of the illusion of being separate. It's all a part of this big thing that's never that's not happening. And if I can realize that their thoughts are not their thoughts and their feelings are not their feelings, superficially, and their ego is just trying to survive and it's not real either, and that their separation is a, a flip in a, in a in the imagination of God that lasted not even a fraction of a second and that it was gone to never to return again, and all of those judgments that I have of them as well. All of those are it's just an idea and it's not real, then it's easy to forget the other because it's not real. And that of course a miracle calls that the miracle. And then the blessed union is realizing that the part of us that is real is 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 the Christ, which is the Holy Spirit, the 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 God stuff that we all is flowing through all of us that we can even have the existence that we do have. And so I, when I love and bless them or forgive them, I forgive myself because there's no separation because when I forgive that illusion, it forgives the illusion right, that's over here as well. And that the whole universe is actually my, the way that I've dealt with my separation from God, which has, which God didn't do. It was just really the original ego did to have its separate existence. And we've been kind of projecting our guilt about that. And that's why we have enemies. And that's why we have bad things is that projected guilt. So when I realized that none of it exists, it's, it becomes a holy moment and can all come back to source. So that's, um, that's the book. That's the book. Yeah, yeah. And we Dyer used to call it divine intelligence. He said, when he makes your hair grow, what makes your heart beat, what makes your nails grow, it's divine intelligence. You know, they can happen. My hair grows. It's happening. I would like my hair to grow more. Right? Well, certain hair, I got hairs here now. I got hair here. <laughs>
Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just like you said, the Holy Spirit, whatever that intelligence is, it keeps things going and keeps you, you know, alive, you know, just without even trying. Yes. What's keeping your heartbeat right the now? Heartbeat, yeah. yeah. All the blood pulses are going in and out of there. What's that coming from? Yeah, why? The yeah. miracle is making that happen right now. I mean, there's just so many miracles that happen on an every second basis in our existence. Yeah. And think about Yeah, that's all like Holy Spirit, like you're saying, it's all that coming through our bodies constantly. That's right. My question with a lot of this stuff is you come to a place where you, let's say you start to journey down this road to understanding this so well, it's almost second nature. You're more enlightened if you want to call it that way, whatever. How do you keep the silliness of the real world? Because the rest of the world that you're forced to go and work in and yeah. interact with those in doesn't operate on any of this stuff. And so naturally you start to forget all of this. Like how do you not let the world stuff cloud your journey on uh, starting to learn a little bit more, but then, you know, knowing that my work is going along with this and, yeah. no one, and my family even is becoming enlightened yeah. like this. Well, it's usually the first ones that don't, don't line up with what you're trying to do as your family. Right. right. And they, you know, make you feel weird for even, even trying to better yourself in this kind of way. I'm certainly a weird one. I feel <laughs> yeah. you. I feel There's a couple things there. Uh, one is uh, modern religion or modern things, uh, movements, for example, they need people to agree. They need pro they need to proselytize. Mm -hmm. uh, and why do I need people to join their church or their movement? Well, a lot of times they do it because they feel like they need to save people or they feel like they need people to join to be validating for them. And that maybe they don't say it out, out loud, but that's how I've always felt when I've tried to proselytize for the different things that I've been in. But if if we are one and that we are innocent and it, the miracle is to see the innocence in the other, there's nothing for anybody to, to do. There's no change that anybody needs to make. There is no one that needs to be saved. But what if you face real, true, evil people? So really true, evil people are evil in the dream. If they behave evil and if you want to predict the next step and if you want to avoid harm for the world you need to have a model where you accept that the evil people out there and that evil people will continue to behave evil because you need this knowledge and you need this model in the mind to predict the next step to prevent the harm there's a couple of different levels of reality there's ultimate reality which is what the coast of miracles talks about like hey this is all basically in a dream but then there's the experiential reality that we live in and you can have an experience that's very real in a dream but it doesn't make it not a dream even though it's a real experience so what do we do in our experiential reality here so in our experience yeah there's nothing wrong with putting somebody in jail for being a bad guy nothing wrong with that this is how you know it's just the day in day out there's nothing wrong with any of it actually there's nothing wrong with uh, making money. There's nothing wrong with charging people a fee for a thing. There's nothing wrong with getting rich. There's nothing wrong with, you know, having sex and doing drugs and, uh, uh, you know, all that stuff. Inherently, none of it means anything on its own. The, the, the activity, right? People do drugs to go into surgery. Is that bad? Well, no, but if you do drugs for enjoyment, that's bad. Well, why? Well, because my pastor told me. 
Oh, okay. You know, it's, it's like, where do these rules come from? They're arbitrary. They're totally arbitrary. Well, it's bad to kill. Well, what if I'm a soldier in my country and the bad guys are coming against me? No, you can kill them. Okay. Well, what if the war is over and now we made a truce and my, and my same president says not to kill anymore and I kill him accidentally because I didn't know the war was over because I was in the middle of the field, still, in the middle of the battle. Well, we'll give you grace on that time. You know, it's like, what's... That's like manslaughter. That's just manslaughter, right? And we'll, we'll pardon you. And so... It just happens. In these, in these, in the illusion, what, how do you do? Well, it goes back to you, you got to lead with intention. What's your intention? Is your intention to love and you mess up? That's great. Intend to love, do the best you can, give up the results. Because you're going to intend to love and do good for others and people are still going to think you're an asshole or people are going to think that you're selfish or people are going to think that you're manipulating them. And I've, I've had people think that of me and my intention was pure. And so then what do I do? Well, what I need to do is intend love and I forgive the rest as much as I can anyway. And what am I forgiving? Part of it is your good or your bad opinion. Because if I'm intending to love you and I'm still trying to get a particular response from you, you know, like, oh man, I really want uh, Fabian to say that he likes me and there's nobody, he maybe even likes me more than Jack. I'm really hoping that he says that. And uh, how can I relate to him? And, you know, so I'm, I'm manipulating you. I'm engaging with you to get a result. That's not love, at least from what I, my feeling of love, that's not what, what love is. Love for me is, I'm gonna do what I, I think is best, and then you're gonna do whatever you want. You can hit my guts and it's still fine. That's in the dream. That's duality. There's a higher level of the whole thing that says, there are no bad guys. Because there are no guys, because there are no bodies, there are no people, there is no world. All of this is all a part of this God thing that's happening. And we're all loving you is loving me. Loving you is loving God. Loving you is freeing me. And hating you is binding me. Because in order to hate you, I have to make up that there is separation. And if I believe in separation, that is hell. That's the basic definition of hell is separation. And that is the basic unifying factor of the dualistic world. The universe is the dualistic world. And we are bound together by, by separation. This from that. The dualistic world shows that if you do really good, you rise a lot of evil. You do really good, you rise out of evil? No, you rise a lot of evil on the other part. Oh, yeah. Because it's dualistic. You need both, yeah. You don't need it, but it you... just starts when you do really good. There's from the counterparts the evil coming. Well, you, it, I, my understanding and my experience is you do need evil if you have good. Just like you need black if you have white. If you only had white, uh, for example, you had white, but you wouldn't recognize it. You wouldn't even recognize that there was white if you only had white. That's right. But it still would be white. It well, just wouldn't be recognized. The, the essence would be the same, but the idea of white wouldn't be there. 
And so I'm saying the essence of us is always here, but the ideas of us is what doesn't exist. The idea of you is Fabian, but the essence of you is God. And you don't see or experience the essence of you, which is God, most of the time. And I don't judge you, you. I'm just saying to be able to exist in this dualistic world, we don't experience God. And, you know, maybe we can, but, but I think that the portal to it, like a very minute, like a very easy tool to use is just to watch and to let go of the results. Like, whoa, that was a crazy thought. I forgive it. Well, there it is again. I forgive it. I'm glad those thoughts are for me because they're like effed up, man. <laughs> you know, whoa, I can't believe I'm feeling this way. Okay. Now, it doesn't mean that I just fully indulge in uh, like fleshly desires to the extreme. And I just be like, oh, it's just my body. You know, it's not me. I mean, you could do that, but desire feeds desire. You know, it's it's a it's a fire that goes hotter. It doesn't get quenched. And so uh, it's it's a tool to let go is what the tool is. It's not a tool to accumulate. Let it go, let it go, let it go. So what happens when you let it all go? There's nothing there. What happens when you're in the nothingness? I think that's where the Holy Spirit meets us. And by the way, I'm not an expert at this. I'm talking out of out of nothing, just kind of as as I experience things. Well, you wrote the book. So. I did write a book, <laughs> so you know that kind of. <laughs> I mean, what it, what do you? I'm kind of saying thing contrary to what what you're saying. But is this? What do you hear when I say all this? Well, I understand it and. I am in the sphere now for a couple of years. So I know the ideas I just figured out for myself that uh, it's for me not possible to follow these models because I have to put in account that there are truly evil people out there. And that for truly evil people, you need different methods to deal with them. And I figured out as soon as people take harm for themselves in account to harm others, they are most likely evil. So in, in, in this world, for sure, there's evil. Get it. And as a person that, uh, as for me, in the world, the way that you deal with that is you, you do what is the responsible thing. You know, you create boundaries. If you live next to North Korea, you have a wall, you know, like that kind of thing. It, or you, you, uh, you have we have police, right? So the bad guys just to walk in and take all your stuff for the week that 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 they can use force and run you over. The key is even when you're doing that stuff is you wish the best for them. You don't hate them. I wish the best for you while I lock you up for life because you're you're, you're not responsible enough to to respect the the lives of others. We're going to put you in jail. I wish the best for you. I wish the best for you as I put I put a restraining order on you. And you can never come near my family again. I'm going to do everything in my power for you to never come near us again because of the harm you did. And we don't trust your, your particular expression of God is to create harm. And we're going to do our best that we never see you again. And I wish the best for you. That's important because forgiveness, it lets go. Just like letting go of the thought, it also lets go of their burden of you. Because when I hold the grudge, it that idea ties me to them and I recreate that experience in my mind 
over and over and over again. The person that harmed me, the person that took from me, they took from me, they harmed me. And then I have that experience. I recreate that experience in my mind. And like we were saying before, there is no experience except for in your mind. And so it's just as real. It's just as real if I don't forgive. And I don't forgive because it's the I'm supposed to. I mean, I could try, but I forgive because it's what helps me ascend, raises my frequency. I, re I can release them so I don't become injured by that, by their harm. I don't have to receive their harm like a gift. Anyway, I think you're right while we're at. But well, the yeah. energy you have while you're thinking those thoughts becomes an attraction for other things as well, too, in the universe. That's an issue. So yeah, I keep weird. thinking about the people that did bad stuff to me, then I'm putting the magnet out there for more bad stuff to come out there and be attracted to me. Yep. And stick to that those thoughts, right? So and, and I think that happens because I that's what I required. And I, I was a part of that, meaning catalyst is coming to me. And the catalyst that comes to me gives me the opportunity to forgive. And when I resist and fight, it strengthens the thing that I'm supposed to learn. And the, 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 my lesson is, can I let go of it? I think that's my lesson. Can I let go of it? Sure, protect yourself from the bad guys. That's no problem. But let them go. Let them go. How much can I let them go? I can let go all of it, I think. Uh, acceptance, receiving everything as God's... Uh, as the Holy Spirit's catalyst, that's what we're talking about, and service without trades. This is uh, FAST is an acronym, uh, the how to do how to do life, or how to ascend and live uh, whatever I call this class. I call it something like uh, how to be a human or something like that. Uh, the FAST way to ascend, though, and the acronym is F, forgive, A, accept, and then ST is service without trades. And so can I serve or how can I intend love like we we're talking about at the beginning without expecting anything in return, without expecting a particular result? Uh, for so long, I, I, I lived, I would remind myself over and over, I'm independent of the good or bad opinions of others. And I think I got that from Deepak Chopra. I don't remember. I got well, a little... Wayne Harris to say, it's none of my business, business when anybody else thinks about me. Yeah. <laughs> And I thought about their, their business all the time, all the time. Right. It's like you only walk into your room, it's like, oh my God, what's there to think about me? You know, it's yeah. Like they're constantly, you know, oh. the judgments, you know, what are they thinking? Right. Constantly. Yeah. Yeah. But with my daughter, my for daughter me, was born, all those thoughts, you know, went away. Because when I see her and those feelings I have when I'm around her, it's all just out of just genuine love and non-expectations it's just unconditional right and that's what pure love is and pure essence of us is unconditional yeah and and today you know, no matter when i see her i feel those same thoughts and just floods me with joy and makes me cry and so soon i see her i start crying it's like dad what's wrong it's like nothing i just am so happy to see you yeah you, you know? like that yeah this makes my heart feel so warm and yeah you know so i think that that's the way I would like to feel every single day of my life. And and about when I see meet somebody or you guys are in my life, I'd like to feel that same way about the people that are around me. You know, I think that's the essence of why, you know, why we're here. Yeah. You know, is to love each other and to help each other and serve each other. 
And that's that's available. I've had experiences where I had that kind of love for another human that I did not, in my recent memory, did not have that. And then it got to the place where there was no barriers. There's no manipulation, like trying to act a certain way to get your approval or trying to uh, to get you to do anything or whatever, right? It's, it's like you've been through... Uh, soldiers that go through war together often they they'll, they'll have this love for each other because they know like hey i you gave your all i gave my all there's nothing that either one of us could ever do to each other that would change that you know a father to his his kid you know, a mother to the baby unconditional there's, there's nothing any require at all from you and that's that is uh that's the goal unconditional love Service without love is deplorable, which is more like manipulation. I'm going to do something to get something from you. Service with love is acceptable. Like, hey, this is, I, I love, I want to do something nice. I like it. It feels good. It's like, it's great. Love without service is divine. So when you're doing like what you described, you don't even, you don't think of it as service. It's just this natural impulse. What does love do? Love gives. It flows and it, it doesn't even look what happens. It's the sunshine that comes down and makes the grass grow and the fruit trees bear fruit and the sun never looks at what's growing and never consumes the fruit. It's not, it's just the flow. It's what it does. It brings life. And that essence is in us. How do we tap into it? Well, in my opinion, it's by watching what you're not, which is I'm not my mind, I'm not my body, not the ego, and I just watch and I let the rest go. And then what's left, I think what's left is love on the bottom. And then I tend good, do the best I can. We talked about that stuff. Let's do an exercise. <laughs> yeah, no, it's not. It's cool though, right? Might have been California. I saw those clues. Yeah, yeah, it could be like Corona Del Mar or something. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Cool, right? You were there? Yeah. Oh, that's fun. Corona Del Mar is really pretty. Yeah, it's beautiful out there. That's what I thought ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Where is the thing I wanted to do? Let's let's do an exercise. And um, I wonder if we want to do this. Well, let's do this and then, then we'll end a little bit early. I think it's been good. What what has been holding standing out for you so far? Yes, I like how you were starting to touch on the tenet of the book, which was service to self versus service to others. I know you haven't read the book. Uh, would you mind just talking for one or two minutes about service to self versus service to others and how how you make that something that's is naturally flowing, kind of like you're saying, that's it's not even something you're purposely doing, you're putting the intention, I'm trying to make an, a result happen. It's just mm -hmm. naturally, I, I see someone in need and it's, I'm choosing the path of service to others rather than yeah. what's good for me. So the book is from uh, another spiritual work called The Law of One. And The Law of One, the basic Law of One says we're all one. And we're we're on our way back to God. 
which we already are, which is kind of confusing, but that's where it's the game we're playing. And in order to progress, uh, it's really an increase in frequency. And just like there's different colors that, that look differently. And then at some point the colors disappear, but the frequency of light is still there, even though our eyeballs can't see it. And so as the frequency of our energy changes, we also, we also really ascend. So how do we ascend? How do we increase our frequency? Uh, there are a couple ways to do it that the law of one says. And one way is the service to others path, which is called the right-hand path. And the other way is the service to self path, which is called the left-hand path. And the service, one way is very difficult. The service to others, a service to self path is very difficult. If you make it, it's very interesting. It's like the the stuff of sci-fi. It's pretty crazy. The serv service to others path is the easy path. So one's called the path of wisdom, the left-hand path, which is kind of funny that it's called that. And the other one's called the path of devotion. The path of devotion, the right-hand path is the easy path of I'm going to intend intend love i'm going to intend to do the best i can for the other and then i'm going to let go and forgive all fruit of my labor and as things come up as i intend to love the other it's going to help uh it's going to help reveal what is within me as catalyst and as the catalyst comes to me is revealed it's my gift because these things that cause me harm uh Call it, the book calls a catalyst is my opportunity to forgive that as well and to let it go. And I would never have found that catalyst, that thing that's blocking me from this ultimate God experience of union and, and high frequency without any kind of barriers, unless that catalyst came. It's actually my teacher and my friend, even though I don't like it, but I would never notice it unless I didn't like it. And why don't I like it? Well, the reason I don't like it is because of the low frequency of it. It feels bad. And so I say, well, if it wasn't for that jerk over there, I would be super spiritual. You know, if it wasn't for being late for work, I'd be super patient. If it wasn't for my, my horrible bank account, I would be really generous. But those things are actually just catalysts or opportunities for us to let the things go and to forgive and to lovingly serve anyway. And then when I do, as I do, and, and give it away and notice uh, and then do this other stuff that I'm talking about, uh, what happens is your frequency rises, theoretically, unless you're doing it for a particular result. Because even in the end, to be enlightened is a result <laughs> that you can be attached to and can keep me low and can be an actual catalyst of, wow, am I holding on to this thing called enlightenment? Because enlightenment is an idea. The actual enlightenment, like you're saying, the actual white is not what I call white. Where white is just a word. The actual experience of white is a pure experience. It's 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 perfect. Enlightenment is is the same thing. It's 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 realizing there's no barriers. There's no other. There's no abundance because there can be no lack. There's no loneliness because there could never be separation. That, that revelation of, of fullness and allness 
And the only way that you can really describe it is God is. Because as soon as I put a descriptive on it, then it becomes an idea. Even God is, is too much, right? Because I have the idea of English, how it works. I also have an idea of God, who that is or what that is. How do I get there? You slowly just give up and you let go and you let go and you let go where you're at. You let go where you're at. The left-hand path is also a way to get there, uh, but it is... Um, the right-hand path is of abundance and generosity and oneness and flowing loving service to the other. The left-hand path is that of contraction and control and domination and taking from the other in order to dominate. And it's an expression to, to experience the power of God really is what that path. But even if, as that philosophy goes uh, metaphysical philosophy goes uh, that path will end in forgiveness they have to give up that path in the end in order to become one so that path actually ends up on the same path of oneness even after all those layers of development so was that uh, does that describe what you're hoping yeah like it yeah so it kind of ties into this, but the whole book is the 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 choice book is really a how to play in duality, and the course of miracles is how to how to release it. It's a non-dual book. It's about you know we're already home. We already made it, and this whole thing that we get wrapped up in is it's just a uh, it's just a daydream. And there, there is nothing to accomplish. There's no one else to become. There is no ascension to take to engage in. We're already there, which is pretty mind-boggling, especially when you're feeling kind of down in the dumps. <laughs> like, great, here I am. Uh, um, that's good. What else? What's resonated with you? Questions about now or things we've talked about before? And I have an exercise to, to end it. Ah, uh, exercise to end it. If you want to play a little bit. Sure. Yeah. Any any comments, side remarks? Things that you took away that you liked or didn't like? I like the approach. I knew it before. I just had often issues that the approach was not working in real life for me. Yeah, and I'm somebody that is more tending to change things than to accept changing, uh, accept things. Mm, that's good, man. Doesn't work for me either. <laughs> I wish that was snide. It's so funny. My, uh, I have, I have friends that I'll post about stuff that that is like the suffering of the world is a gift that you can choose to accept. And use as a catalyst and you know whatever i'll say something like that and they'll be like what are you talking about suffering all the time for my life's great why can't you just be happy <laughs> and then I'll, I'll look at their life and they're kind of you know just you know classic american from a postcard you know they make plenty of money and they have a beautiful family and they got a beautiful car and 
beautiful house and they go to beautiful places and you know and then they're happy and then i'm thinking man it's just i'm always thinking this can't be it i'm thinking why can't i be happy like that guy the illusion. The illusion. You don't see all the behind well, the scenes stuff. That's true. Yeah. I know. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you can choose what you need to be happy. Often it's a choice to be happy with what you have or what. That's true. And that's part of the thing is can I choose it all the time? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. My experience is I can't choose happiness, but I can choose to forgive whatever's there, as in to let go. Like my feelings of happiness. Sometimes they just kind of come and go. Like when I'm sad, I can't just be happy. I can't flip by my experience. When I'm thinking bad thoughts, I can't necessarily, I can't say I shouldn't have thought that. I shouldn't have thought that bad thought by my judgment of myself. It already happened. I, I should be better and not think bad thoughts like that. I figured out often it's a choice. As example, last year I had a kidney stone and when I was out, it made me really happy. So I valued health a little bit more and being pain-free was then for a couple of days the new things that made me happy. So you can often choose what do I need to achieve or where do I need to be to be happy. And it's really hard, but I even reached some goals with the kidney stone. I've been happy at some moments, but I've reached a new level of happiness when it was out and I was pain-free. So Often you can choose what makes you happy and often yeah. it's is a choice. I can accept that. And having the kidney stone or other experiences of suffering or whatever enables you to help other people through their suffering. Because you know, hey, I had a kidney stone three months ago, Javon. I know exactly what you're going through, or you know, if I had I had this going on. So I can relate and empathize with you because it happened to me. And maybe it wasn't a good thing, but now I have the experience where I can help you through that and ease your pain. You know, which makes me happy because if I'm helping somebody else get through things, that makes me happy in turn, right? So yeah, there's my happiness there. Yeah. So in a way. Do you guys remember the show Everybody Loves Raymond? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I thought it was the weirdest show for the longest time until there was a certain episode that clicked for me. It was one time when the wife asked because something really bad happened. And Raymond was like cheering. He's like, yay. And the wife asked him, she said, why are you so happy? Like something really bad is going on, you know? And he says, because I always know it's going to be bad. And this way I'm right. And and, and as For bad sure. as this is, it can only go up from here. And I, I've, I remember seeing that and realizing what a great philosophy to have in life. <laughs> Even though the whole show is showing how he's not working with the rest of the family. who's trying to be upbeat all the time. Yeah. But I liked his philosophy in that regard, which is, you're almost happy when bad things happen because you know that a, you are going to learn from it and you're going to be able to connect with others about it, but it's going to be so joyous. Like you were just talking about after you're getting better. So I'm at this low, but man, the highs are going to be even higher after this. But worse is always possible. And worse is even possible. But it's true. So, yeah. <laughs> Trust me. That Don't mess up my thing, man. <laughs> Okay, I guess so. Messing up my ideas. It broke both legs and said this one. Yeah. Oh, geez. All right. I said, I said, having two The broken leg can get the fact that some worse is always possible. 
It's, it's true. Man. Definitely. Always worse. Could be worse. Okay. Let's end with this one. No. How do we start from here? From Curtis line? No. It didn't go from there. It's a universal tour that I'm telling us. It's the worst of all the most possible. This is the ending. It's a very fascinating moment. How fascinating. Maybe I need to stop my share and then redo it. I saw that guy in 60 minutes, the how fascinating guy. Did you see? Did you watch a video? I was was actually watching 60 minutes that night he was on. Oh, Benjamin Zander? Yeah. Yeah. And then I saw you you put it on your YouTube thing. And I was like, oh, yeah, I know that guy. Why is it not going? It's like it wants to, but then it keeps going back. That's really strange. Okay. He got stuck. Yeah. Okay, let's try it again. There we go. That wasn't so hard. Okay, now we're going to share this screen. It's all science. (laughs) All right. So we're going to do a meditation. And feel free to let your body do whatever it does. So if you feel comfortable, close your eyes. And take a deep breath. Breathe in. And breathe out as far as you can. Breathe in again as big as you can and breathe in what feels like goodness, feels like light, feels like wholesomeness. Breathe out darkness, strife, separation. As you breathe in, feel it, fill up your body like tingly. You feel it coming into the cells in your body, just the energy. Breathe out again and breathe in again quick. Breathe in so you can feel it tingling inside your body. And if you can't feel it, imagine your cells vibrating with life. And then as you breathe out, feel all the tension just rush out of you, rush, rush straight, maybe even into the ground, just pouring out of you. Even on your next out breath, it keeps pouring out, pouring out. And continue to breathe calmly, smoothly, and notice your awareness. Where are you? Where is your awareness at? Or where is your attention? Put your attention anywhere. We have a very usually laser pointer type of attention where we can be conscious. It's like the light in the room where consciousness is just aware, aware, it's everything, it's all in this, but the attention that we have is laser pointed. So where's your attention right now? Where are you focusing? Wherever it's at, move your attention slowly outside your body. Even more so than outside, expand it so that your body feels like it's even bigger than where your skin ends. Can you get your attention outside? 
Can you feel yourself past your skin? And see if you can make yourself bigger than like a big, like the steak puff marshmallow guy or the good Goodyear tire guy, like a big blown up expanded version of yourself. And then if you can, see if you can keep on going. Can you make it bigger and bigger? And put your awareness, maybe now even that you're looking down because yourself is so big, it's on top of the room. And you're looking down on yourself. And it's just something to notice where your attention can go and how often your attention is locked on to a little body with little thoughts and little feelings. But how big can your attention be? How big could your, you, you let your awareness grow if you start to loose, loosen up the reins and the constraints that you put on yourself? See if you can make yourself big as this building. So now you're looking down and you can look down all the way through the building and look down and see these little bodies in the building. Now, make yourself bigger. Let's go up into the atmosphere. Now you can look down and you can see all of Southern California, see the coast, you can see lights on. And near in uh, non physical realm here so you can look down and see everybody just busy busy running around like crazy doing stuff and accomplishing things and rushing home and making dinner but you're way above it even though your body's way down here you are way above it that little body's down there but you are above it now go further up and now you're so far up in the stratosphere that you can't hear any noise anymore you can't feel any of the hustle and bustle and the, the frantic activity, the nervous energy that is constantly surrounding you. Now you're actually out in space. There's not even air. It's quiet. It's still. There's nothing to do. There's nowhere to go. Even if you wanted to do something, you couldn't. Even if you wanted to talk to somebody, you couldn't. Absolute stillness. And you look down and you notice all the space between here, where you are, down in that little body. And you start to realize you can feel all of it. And you notice way up here where there's nothing to do and no sounds and no feelings, and no disturbed energy, franticness of normal pace. It just feels so peaceful and wonderful. And up here, you actually do want nothing. But it's because there's nothing to be had. There's nothing to accomplish. No one to persuade. 
nothing to be liked or disliked. Completely still, completely empty. Notice that feeling. There's a thing called an aperture, and the aperture is like the, the hole that you look through in a telescope or a microscope. It's the, it's really the hole to let the light through. And the light coming through is the whole show. And in this empty place, it seems more empty, more void, but yet it's so much more still and more peaceful. But how often, as I look all the way down with my keen spiritual vision, I see that little body in the room that constantly tries to fill up that hole with things and thoughts and feelings and goals and desires plans and schemes, how often does it fill up that hole that lets, that lets the light through? It fills up that aperture that's designed for infinite microscopic view and infinite telescopic view in and out, the clear aperture, the clear hole that the very power of God can, can flow through, the very power of God can be in, not that it can't be anywhere that you can experience it in the aperture, in the hole. And then you realize, I think I am the aperture. I am the hole. I am that thing that I didn't like being empty. And so I kept on filling it with thoughts. And I feel up here without thoughts and without goals without the need to accomplish anything or persuade anybody up here in space, it's not so bad. Maybe even peaceful. Maybe even content. Can this contentment, can this peace be with me all the time? Can that little body open up its aperture, its hole to let the light through. I think it can, but will it? Can I release all these things that prematurely or temporarily fill up the hole? I think we can, but will we? So take a big breath and see yourself falling all the way down, back into your body, going through space, going through the atmosphere. We're going through the top of the city. We're going through the roof, going right down. You're the little body, you're shrinking, shrinking, shrinking. You're back in your skin. Take a big breath, you feel your skin. Feel your body, you move your fingers, you move your toes. Remember the feeling of the space, the emptiness, the empty space that can let really the power of God flow 
that requires nothing, that wants nothing, that gives all completely, wholly, because there's the source is without end. You can open your eyes. If you like anybody, uh, and share if you had any particular experience or share. Yeah, it was really relaxing. I felt the, uh, like you're saying, there's there's no worries to be had when you're out in space. There's nothing, none of the little worries and concerns and trivialities and all that. None of that matters when, when you're celestial. <laughs> yeah, feel the lightness. Feel the I got confused. It was deep meditation. It was really hard for me to not fall asleep. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's good. It's complimentary. It means you're at peace. I love it up there. It's free. Maybe we're already there. We're just... Well, Put ourselves here. We're already. That's right. Yeah, already that's right. There. Maybe we're all. You're thinking, you're thinking to goal orientated. The past is the thing, not the goal. That's good. Well, like I was, um, I have the um, the guy who's in the um, the choice book that uh, talks about the letting go and not surrender the mind. Forgot his name. Um, He's written several books and several. Uh, I forget. He's one of the guys I quote. Global consciousness, consciousness. Uh, oh, David Hawkins. David Hawkins. And there's one who's talking about there's a guy who's in prison and his ants kept calling all, all over him every day. He kept wiping the ants off and you know, resisting the ants. And one day he just sat there and let the ants just crawl all over him. And after a while, they just stopped. Once he surrendered to the ants, they just left him alone. Wow. And you know, once he put the resistance off, everything just became peaceful and nothing bothered him anymore mm. at that point. So he was okay being in solitary confinement with all the ants and the rats and all this other stuff because once he surrendered to it, it was no longer of any consequence to him. It's crazy. Yeah. So in your mind, you're free, right? So so is that mind when we're in space different from this mind where we're sitting right here? That's the question. And <laughs> I say that it's the same mind. Yeah. Isn't that gears it in? Yeah. And do I put more reality now because I'm seeing through these human eyeballs versus that vision where I can be free? Can I be free now? I can. What do I need to let go to be free? It's my ideas. So true. Well, gentlemen, thank you so much for playing with me. Yeah. Yeah, this is awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah. I love it.
I'm going to uh, OK, 